Yeah. Hello, everybody. Live from our new home, the fabulous city of Inglewood. City of Champions, when I grew up, that's what it was called. What about now? Because of the L.A. Lakers uh, in the 80s. Now, I, you know, now it's SoFi Stadium home and the home of the Ozone, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We're here. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, the Icons, and we're here at our new location. Look at this place, folks. So fizzy. Wow. I don't think you need to move into the mic well, I know, to get them a high. I know. So fizzy. Holla. Fizzy. But we're having a good time. It's been a while since we've been at you. So much has happened over the past 18 months, folks. Wow. I want to hear from you. What have you guys been doing? How many of you guys are still out there? How has the world changed for you? Because it's changed a lot for us. My brother Terry has gone from a bum ankle to a bum hip, ladies and gentlemen. He's on the the, the sixty day IL right now. Can you just call me a bum? No, is that what you're trying to? Bum. Is that what you're trying to imply? I'm not. I am not. But we do have to figure out what is the source of all this pain, and why is that hip acting up? Are you on the IL? Will you be ready to record the ozone? I think it's only a ten day situation. Uh, you know, I'm, li- I'm working with the trainers. Oh, good. I think good. that uh, you, you know, gonna get a second opinion soon. No, I don't need a second opinion. I think that you know we can really work out the kinks, and I should be back in the game shortly. Interesting. Now, speaking of second opinions, jumping right into it, an enormous thing happened, folks. We were thinking of coming back for the Manny Pacquiao Errol Spence fight, the championship fight against who I have at the top of my pound for pound list versus the legend. We ran into a problem, though, because somehow or another, Errol ended up with a detached retina. A la Sugar Ray Leonard. A la Sugar Ray Leonard, which realistically should have ended Sugar Ray's career. Yeah. He had one signature victory after that, but after that, things went downhill. Yeah, well, and then Sugar Ray also, they changed the way that they designed the gloves also after Sugar Ray got his retina detached. Yeah. You know, by having the thumb, what is that, encapsulated. Hmm, with the time-space continuum of the parcel of the parcel <laughs> of my thumb. But... Now, Live long and uh, in, in <laughs> Nanu Nanu was speaking with Derek James, Errol's trainer. Derek uh, shared with me yesterday that he said, yeah, hopefully he recovers fully and he's back to where he should be. Because you don't know about this thing. Yeah. You don't know how long it's going to take. And what is going on with all you bozos out there who are trying to act like he's ducking Manny Pacquiao? Honestly, why does he have to duck anyone? He doesn't need to duck anybody in any division. (laughs) And first and foremost, he's one of the only champions that fights everyone. All of his fights are top tier. Him and Anthony Joshua fight all of the guys in the top maybe five. Yep. I mean, they they literally go And the only time that Anthony Joshua ran into trouble was when he fought somebody who was out of the top five. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Because somebody else got caught juicing that was in the top five. Yes. So, you know, r- running around, bumping your gums, talking about this kid is hiding from somebody that's... I mean, you read it nonstop. I've been reading it nonstop. Oh, it's a good thing. He's ducking, man. There's nothing wrong with his eye. Like, are you crazy? So you think he went to the hospital, staged a photo shoot to come out with the... the, the because he's scared of fighting. Because he's scared <laughs> of fighting a 42-year-old man. Because he's scared of fighting, period. Why would he be scared of fighting anyone when, when he's, he's a, a fighter. fighter? And when he flipped over a Ferrari at a buck fifty and survived that. Come on, man. Let's be realistic. Let's not play with ourselves. We know what playing with ourselves is called. And we know it starts with a master and, <laughs> and ends, ends with a bait. With the, <laughs> the Raider Nation. <laughs> and it's not even a bait and switch. It's not because we're at SoFi. So question is, what happens this weekend at the MGM Grand with Manny Pacquiao and your Dennis Ugas? You know what? I, I honestly, I think that things lean, toward, lean towards Ugas. Because I agree. For once, 
I actually, I am a huge Manny Pacquiao fan. I, I'm humongous. I mean, humongous. like, I, he's on my Mount Rushmore boxing. Yeah. I, I love Manny Pacquiao. He looks terrible. Which, despite what everybody keeps trying to make you believe in all of the videos. I think that they're trying to sell the fight just more so. Than I mean, these are the, the fans, though. I know, but, then, you know, you get disillusioned by the whole thing. And His footwork doesn't look fast when he's doing the mitts. Nothing looked like, I mean, he looks his, his age. His footwork, his hands. Yeah, look. He he looks his age. Yeah, he looks his age, and it's not his fault. I, there's no fault. I mean, there's no reason to continue fighting at forty something years old. This might be his last fight. I mean, Ugas, he said that. Did you see that? He uh, said that on uh, setback the other day. And Ugas has a great opportunity to you know try to cement something, start something, get the ball rolling. But Ugas hit the lotto. He hit the because lotto. realistically, last year when he fought uh, two years ago when he fought Sean Porter, he actually made a statement that nobody thought he would make. A lot of people felt like Sean didn't slip, and he actually dropped Sean. Yeah. Uh, but it was ruled a slip. Either way it goes, Uga showed well for himself. He didn't, he you really know, did. it, wasn't, it wasn't a situation where he got blown out of the water. He proved himself difficult to hit, Yeah, and he could hit. Now, you're fighting Manny, and Manny's a whole different animal. Even a, a Manny that's a shell of himself is still dangerous right. if you don't have that sort of experience. Uga doesn't – no one has the experience – unless you've been in the ring with him to get that you have to acquire look at Keith Thurman although Keith Thurman is not definitely not what he used to be when he brought Manny Pacquiao but the way that he bounces which is already two years ago by the way yes it's crazy right but I mean how do you prepare for something like that because he's you know he's a whirlwind he's like the Tasmanian devil in a lot of ways he's all over the place Uh, he's all all over you Mm mm-hmm angles fights galore he punches galore punches and bunches I think the issue is just like how we saw against Keith Thurman we saw Manny fade late and Keith Thurman come on late, and that's yeah. just a product of biology. It's just yeah. age. You can't, you can't there's no way to get around that. that. And I just, you know, unfortunately, a lot of guys like Manny, they have to go out on their sword. In their and case, Arrow in their was going to put him out on and his sword. It was going to be a retirement party, party for, yeah. for I'm, I'm, on one level, I'm happy that that fight isn't happening yeah. because it's very dangerous for Manny Pacquiao. Um, it's dangerous for anybody whenever they step in the ring. But the mm-hmm. kind of skill set that Arrow has, he punishes people. He really does. He, he he breaks people down. He punishes people. He executes the plan. And, you know, he actually is the kind of guy that makes a guy like Derrick James really shine. Mm-hmm. Because I think it works both ways. It does. Know? It does. You it know? does. Because I don't know. Honestly, I would. you don't want to see it, but you would see him without Derrick James or Derrick James without him. You know the thing what I'm is, is that this is what I was trying to say. Maybe it didn't come out right. They bring out the best in each other, yes. and it's clear yes. because they both do what the other one needs to bring out the max value. And that's far and in between that you ever get that to, to find a very person rare. that complements your skill set. Very you know? rare. And then you can actually get a game plan and execute it. And I think that they work. It's well Custom Auto and Mike Tyson. Yeah. It's Angelo Dundee and Muhammad Ali and Clay. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's honestly it's Lennox Lewis and Emmanuel Stewart. Uh, left hand, right hand, uppercut, <laughs> overhand, uppercut, rest in peace. <laughs> and, and you know, and it's Klitschko and, and Emmanuel Stewart. Yeah, it's a guy who says, Klitschko "I know." Turns, Kl- he um, changed yeah, Klitschko's he, life. He changed his life. I know how to make you the best of what you can be. Just listen and execute, mm-hmm. and then the coach can adjust. You know what I mean? And this is this is what we're seeing with Derek because even in the fight that we saw with Charlo, Charlo's last fight, man, oh man, was he in for it. He was in for it. That dude showed, <laughs> that dude showed up to party. That dude party. showed up to fight and I really hope they run it back. I think they I don't think they have a choice but to run that back. That was a great fight. I mean, I think that if Charlo executes the game plan, 
he wins. But as long as he goes out on his own and goes rogue, then he's going to have a, a lot tougher time. And Derek just kept it. He, was, he kept on him. He was like, man. You're making this a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't see that with Arrow. Mm-hmm. You see Arrow follow the plan. He executes and he makes elite fighters look very average. Yes. And, and, and this is, his resume is full of elite fighters. Not many of these top-tier fighters can say that. You know what I'm saying? He's fighting guys that are in the prime. I'm talking about Arrow. Yeah. Arrow, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. And he was trying to get Pacquiao. Pacquiao obviously is not in his prime. That yeah, would have yeah, been yeah. a great fight to see when he was in his prime. And I think Arrow would have gave him a problem back then. Size-wise, Errol is not as small as the other 47s. No. And this is one thing that you see when you actually see him and meet him. Manny is a small guy, which is yes. what makes his accomplishments, eight-time, eight-division champion, yes. even more impressive. For myself, okay, tell me, who would you take in their prime? Floyd or Manny? In their prime? Yes, prime rim. In their prime, Floyd is at 135 okay. to me. Well, but if, if if you're talking about Manny, Manny is in his prime all the way from like last year, one eighteen <laughs> to one fifty four almost. Yeah. So me, I'm a Manny guy. I like Manny a lot. Yeah. But I will say this: when Floyd Mayweather was running through the one thirty fives, it was beautiful because he wasn't running then. It wasn't yeah. a, a completely defensive approach. Yes, he was. He was out there kicking butt, and taking names. You know, he gets a lot of credit for bringing on the defensive game, but everybody. The boxing aficionados know that that was Pernell Whitaker who really solidified oh, yeah. that. I mean, Sweepy really puts on a defensive clinic. Oh, no question. With, with just enough pop and everything else to get you get you tight and right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I take Manny as well because Manny was a warrior more so. And yeah. I know that. Floyd, I mean, as far as watching a fight, you would always rather watch a Manny Pacquiao fight than almost anybody, really. Yeah. Manny's fights are always exciting. <laughs> Even if he gets put to sleep. Yeah. Somebody getting put to sleep. Yeah, and that's what he came to Somebody in the canvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I wish the senator the best. Uh, I'm interested to see the fight. I will still order the fight. I'll watch the fight. I'm, I'm always interested to see a guy like in Ugas. This is like, you know, Rocky. Yeah. You have a guy who gets a fight at, at the last minute, and he just all of a sudden he, it's, it's his go time. He's getting big money. He's probably getting more money than he's ever gotten before. Well, it's going to, all, it's going to be about... Him being prepared, staying prepared. You know what I'm and saying? And whether or not the lights are too bright. Yeah, I don't think the lights are going to be too bright. The I lights mean, are going to be bright when the, the senator bright. jumps in. When the, yeah. when the senator jumps in the ring, the but, lights get bright. But how bad do you want it, though? You this is what it's about. You don't, you don't look at the lights. You're looking at the person. Yeah, I'm looking at Manny Pacquiao, the man, not how bright the lights are. I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. It's coming this weekend. <laughs> okay. Who you got? I'm leaning towards Ugas, honestly, because he has everything on his side. Manny wasn't preparing for him. It's almost a letdown like when Joshua fought your man. Ruiz. Uh huh, because you literally are training and planning to fight this monster, Errol Spence, and then you get Ugas. Not to put Ugas down, yeah. but it's a different type of style of fight and everything else. But and Manny was actually speaking about not underestimating his opponent. Yeah, and it's hard, to, it's easy to say, hard yeah. to do. Oh that's, yeah, that's that's a, and it's hard to do when you're 42 and you haven't fought in two exactly. years. Exactly, that's between the ears. So you know, I don't. I, this sounds crazy, but I feel like it's a it's a pick 'em, and in a pick 'em fight, I'm gonna lean towards Pacquiao. Yeah, um, and yet I still think I, I don't know if Ugas has the kind of thump that you need to to make Manny respect him. That's that's my concern. Well, if Ugas can knock down Sean Porter, he can knock down anybody. And although it wasn't a, a literal legit See, that's knockdown. this is what I'm saying. It wasn't yeah. like he just yeah, but the, dropped but, him. But the thing of it is is that when it comes to Manny, Manny, I mean, I just he didn't look good to me regardless of what everybody was saying. He did not look good to me. I didn't see him prep. look good on the mitts. I didn't Now, one thing I'm trying to figure out is how Bro he didn't get good. COVID. <laughs> 
What was that? Road work looked good. That's what I'm going to say. His road work is impeccable. Yeah. But he's running around Griffith Park with 50 guys. Somebody got to test dirty. Somebody got to have COVID. How COVID? I'm coming for you. <laughs> Shout out to Booker T. <laughs> Dropping racial slurs on primetime television. <laughs> Low point of his career, but a great guy. <laughs> great guy. Great guy to watch a fight with. Yeah. Uh, and then this weekend, I watched a fight. I watched the Virgil Ortiz fight, who arguably... It's the real crown prince of the Golden Boy stable now that Canelo Alvarez has left. Most mm-hmm. people would say Ryan Garcia, but given Ryan's recent mental illness struggles, whether or not he's back and ready to go, besides Oscar himself, who we also have to talk about coming back and fighting. Virgil Ortiz, this fight made him 18-0. None of his fights have gone the distance. It's pretty impressive when you watch him fight because you can see that there is clear room for improvement, mm-hmm. but there's also clear talent. And he's got heavy hands. And this fight, this dude rocked his jaw. I actually didn't get to see it. Oh, man, he rocked his jaw early. And and he had to dig deep. He ends up getting him out of there. I think he knocks him down and five eight. times. Oh, wow. And yeah. He finished him off in eighth, right? Finished him off at the bell at the eighth. It was it was tough. But I think that... Those are character builders, though. And that's what happened. And I, I and still... he's a young man. And he's saying that he's ready to fight Terrence Crawford or whoever. I think he needs one more journeyman, gatekeeper kind of fight. Before he gets to the top, top tier. I need to see Terrence Crawford fight somebody before I discount anybody else fighting him. I agree with and that. So I, I would I've seen I would, it at 40. I, have, I haven't seen it at 47. Yeah, I would like to see Ortiz mix it up. I mean, yeah. because until Terrence Crawford actually gets in there with some serious competition, because now he's just like a mythological creature, honestly. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. And it's, it's not enough. I need to see it. Not on paper, in the ring. Yes. And it's not a knock on him, but it's just that you need to see him put to the test. And that, and it's not that he's – when I watch Errol f- fight, you see him dominate a Mikey Garcia, uh, you know. Even though he's uh, undersized, he yeah, dominated him. He shut Sean him out. Porter. Go Danny down, Garcia. Yeah, Danny Garcia. You know, you watch him. You Kel Brook in his prime. Yeah, and so with those kind of fights, we can't – I mean, I haven't seen that from Terrence Crawford to give him that kind of respect. At 47. At 47. I've seen him beat a washed uh, Amir Khan. Uh-huh. I seen him beat a Washkel Brook. Seen him beat a Washkel Brook. I want to say the toughest fight he had. I can't remember the cat's name. Yeah, but the cat actually dropped him, and they didn't call it a, a, a knockdown. Didn't call that one. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the mythological creature it doesn't exist on the ground. <laughs> he floats through the sky. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because he's caught up in that stable nonsense. Yeah, and who looks like he wants to get out of it. I don't think he's scared to fight anybody. I think he wants to fight and he believes in his skill set. Yeah, he should. But he doesn't get to fight. And he gets to fight the B side, the B tier of all of those guys. Exactly. And with you not getting to fight. fighting Sean. Yeah. And they they said that it's just about to wrap on that, right? That they're about to wrap it up. About to put a button on it, as they say. (laughs) But the thing of it is, is that it's not his fault that he hasn't, well, sort of his fault, but not his fault that he hasn't fought all the top-tier talent, but he actually can't get better if you don't fight the best. That's 100%. At, in any sport, if you don't go against the best, it's hard to be the best. Almost impossible. Uh-huh. Very, very And even difficult. Deontay, when we spoke with him, said the same thing. You know, when he we raised and lowered his level. Yeah. yeah, he raised and lowered his level. And he said that when I asked him if he was the pound for pound, did he consider He said, well, he hasn't got a chance to fight people like that. The, to even and at that point, that. he was right because yeah. he, everybody kept testing dirty against him so he yeah. could never even get a fight yeah and so you know i can't give terrence crawford so that's why i feel like ortiz literally still should be able to jump into the ring with him right now i don't think he i mean you can be tuning up until he's five, got less this is true he's got less ring rust i tell you that yeah for sure he's gotten more rounds recently 
Because now, I'm seeing I'm seeing Crawford more on Twitter and on social media than I am in the ring at this point. Unfortunately. Speaking of Deontay Wilder, Deontay's got a new trainer. He's working the mitts out. He looks a lot better than he's looked. The fight is so long ago, which actually works in his favor, in my opinion. Very much so. Because he can recover. I don't, Mentally and physically. Yeah, and I don't think that the debacle of that press conference actually worked out well with him saying nothing in the whole song. And yeah. dance. It looked... It was a bad look. It looked yeah. like he was scared. Yes. Especially then because afterwards he went and talked to Ellie in the hotel room. Like, <laughs> Did you talk to Ellie in the hotel so room? You but just you just don't want to talk to the actual the people there, to the, to the opponent? Yeah. And speaking of which, now you have to wonder if Tyson Fury is going to be 100% after recovering from COVID. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are passing the rumor around that he didn't actually have COVID. A lot of people saying that in the boxing industry. Yeah. And I don't know how true it is, you know. Yes or no, whatever. I don't see a reason why he should be fear and trembling of Deontay Wilder at, at this point at all. I mean, actually, I felt like he won both fights. Yeah, they they fought. What is that? The first the first one twelve. They fought nineteen rounds, and Deontay's won three. Yeah, maybe definitely he's won two, but yes. maybe he's won three rounds. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't know. But shout out to Tyson Fury. Uh, praise God because he had a baby. And the baby had some serious complications, and his, I do believe it was his daughter that was in ICU. Mm, and he really? asked for prayers, yeah. And uh, praise God, his daughter's out of the ICU and going to be going home. So good for him and his family. Yeah, that fight is now scheduled for early October, I do believe. Um, who knows if it'll actually happen? You have the same thing going on with Tiafimo Lopez and Cambuses about now with Tiafimo picking up COVID, and now they're talking about where they're going to fight. Uh, is a big thing because there has to be certain stipulations and so on and so forth. Yeah, because COVID takes the starch out of a lot of people. Well, but they're talking about as, as far as the outdoor attendance and the purse and blah, blah, blah. Well, blah, but blah, I'm blah. just talking about the fighters, of not, course, even, not of course. even all the extracurricular activity. I'm talking about, but, you but know. But now it seems like all these guys, like that fight was supposed to be scheduled in June. So now this fight is going to happen in September or October. Now you got Canelo and Caleb Plant, who have apparently agreed to terms finally to come yeah. to fight in November. And I have to say... I know everybody thinks that we're just some big fat Canelo haters, but everything Caleb Plant said rang really true yeah. about these negotiations. Yes. And so then, this is three years in a row, four years in a row that you can't find an opponent on the biggest, uh, the second biggest day on the Mexican boxing calendar, and it's always the opponent? Right. And this is where me and you differ because I feel like he cherry picks, and you really didn't ever feel like that, but I honestly feel like he cherry picks, and him cherry picking would have you not be able to find an opponent for that specific date? <laughs> because if you weren't cherry-picking, there's a lot of opponents that are willing to fight you. Not just because of the money, but because they want to put them gloves on. You yep. know what I'm saying? Because fighters, most of the fighters like to fight. Yes. They want to get paid. Yeah. They want to get paid, but they like to mix it up, too. They enjoy They're, they're aggressive they, people. Uh-huh. And so with that, I think that, you know, Canelo literally has been cherry-picking, and he wanted to cherry-pick Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant actually realized that he had some juice and flexed his muscles, and I don't blame him because now, Canelo but, but has something Here's the problem with the cherry-pick argument is that Canelo has been fighting champions. Now, yeah. when you talk about a Rocky Fielding, what can you do? Yeah. But when you talk about Liam Smith, brother, went in there. <laughs> Callum Smith is almost my height right. and went in there and fought as small as he could. Yeah. And got the crap beat out of him yeah. for 12. Uh-huh. Got walked uh, down by the smaller fighter. Billy Joe Saunders had some success in the mid rounds. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting his orbital bone broken, and that was that. Mm-hmm. These are guys that are the champions. Yeah. Now it is peculiar that you don't want to fight a David Benavidez, but he doesn't have a belt, so you want to unify. I have to respect yeah, that. But when what about 
boo-boo. Hey, don't even bring boo-boo up. Yeah, because he said he's he said that he's a boring fighter and everything else. Boo-boo has a belt. Apparently, it's not the belt that he wants. I mean, what about one like, of the Charlos? I mean, he don't want to fight at one sixty. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. So this is cherry picking because these are some of the most elite fighters. And one of the things that I have to say is that he sort of detours away from the African American fighters because I do believe of the road's closed, dude. <laughs> we got to go around a detour, huh? Yeah, because maybe the athleticism or whatever it is, but he's he's not literally. And then I also heard him say that he doesn't really like to go fight Mexican yeah, fighters. Fight. So, I mean, that's cherry picking, man. That's literally. So the, it's a needle. <laughs> that is, you pick that, you pick that cherry stem out. Come on, I don't man. know. That's a pretty strong argument. Yeah, but we're going to see what happens because now he's going to fight Caleb Plant. I'm very interested to see what Caleb Plant brings to the table. Problem that I see for Caleb Plant is he doesn't have the kind of thump that you need to make Canelo respect you. He can do it with his feet, though, potentially, yeah. because he has great footwork and he's got great hand-eye. But you need some thump, in my opinion, to make Canelo respect you uh, in that same way that Gennady did and, you know, guys, a way that a guy like David Benavidez can, actually. Well, Benavidez, I think, can stop him. Benavidez can stop anybody from 160 to 175. But that's why you don't fight a Benavidez. <laughs> a Bena. A Bena <laughs> That's why you don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So you actually... Find the fighter, which Caleb Plant actually is saying all the right things, though, which is he great. sure is, you know. And I feel like he's not one of those dudes going to come in there and roll over. Although I have been wrong before, <laughs> the guys dudes do come over here with that cherry turnover. They do. <laughs> I got and cherry, the, and the, and cherry the, picked, and now I'll cherry turnover. And the and the lights get too bright for so many guys. It's, I, it's, and now, do you think that the lights are too bright? Actually, or that these guys really don't want it like they should. As if, I think you certainly, if you quit, you certainly don't want it like you should. I don't think that Billy Joe Saunders rolled over. No, I Billy don't. Joe Saunders came in to rumble. And Billy Joe Saunders had, had a tendency or a pattern that they picked up, and they knew that he eventually would walk into a fastball. And that's what and he, he did. did. And he he did walked into that punch that crushed he his into eye. That punch. Uh-huh. Other than Couple that, of them. Other than that, he was down. Canelo was down. Canelo was in trouble, literally. Canelo was not winning that fight. You think he was winning that fight? I think when they, on the official scorecards, he was winning the fight. They had I don't it. think so. I, I need to go back and you look. Should, you should look it up. I'm pretty sure that he was up on the official scorecards. I had him up, but I had it very narrowing because I do believe that I had it. I think if he if he would have completed that round, I had it 5-4 that round for Canelo, or was it 4-3 or something like that? I think that was the eighth Canelo round or the ninth Alvarez round. was up on all three judges' scorecards. There we go. Billy Joe looked good until he didn't. And this is the thing about Canelo, and Canelo now has the boogeyman component, which is very interesting to see, you know, how people respond to that. We got more fights coming up. We got Oscar De La Hoya making a comeback, which is interesting because he actually looks good in his videos. None of these videos necessarily mean anything until you get in the ring. Um, and Oscar seems like he wants to fight actual fights, not just exhibitions. I honestly feel like Oscar looked, if you compare him to Pacquiao, he looked great. Yeah, but they're not. That's not the comparison. But we'll see what ends yeah, up. Yeah, but I'm just talking about older fighters. That is the comparison. That's the correlation because they're two. But Oscar's fighters. is 50. Manny's 42. Manny's still fighting for the for the belts, and Oscar's at this point fighting. You know, to what? be because he's Golden Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Put so, the Golden Boy on you. Yeah, that, that's yeah. We'll see if we can get Oscar on a call in one time. Uh, that's what we got for boxing. Shifting gears. Let's talk about Major League Baseball because it's summertime. July was the hottest month on recorded history for humankind and the baseball trade deadline was hot these bad hips are running wild Mookie Betts is out with a bad hip and it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that he's 
can snap back from because right. he's been fighting it now for months. Yeah, honestly, you know, I really, when you think about it, bad hips might be a baseball injury. You know, perhaps. About, yeah. We, even when we spoke to, uh, especially for years of wearing certain kind of cleats before the cleats had the technology right. that they have now. Ernie Banks. Yeah. You know, he, he spoke to us about his hip. Sure did. Uh, there's a few other um, baseball players that we've spoken to in the past that actually have hip problems. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things is the, the running, the sliding, and it's on that specific hip. Even for my hip right now, it's the, the side that I used to slide on a lot. Mm. So, you know, it's a lot of torque. It's a lot of pounding or whatever. Now you look at Mookie, it's a, you know, he's got a hip problem. I mean, and it's, got not, a hip problem. it's not going away. Doesn't seem like it's going away. And what is definitely not going away are the San Francisco Giants. They're here to stay. The, the Dodgers have put themselves in a position where they've outspent now. They've out yankeed everybody in the league, more or less, except for the Yankees. Let's, we'll get to the Yankees in a mm-hmm. second. The Yankees opened their pocketbooks up. But the Dodgers have an absolute positive super team. <laughs> the Dodgers have acquired everything and everybody they can. Problem is, most of these guys are not 100%. Well, the guys that they acquired are 100%. Danny Duffy's not 100%. Well, Danny Duffy, not Cole like, Hamels, they acquired for a year and put him on the 60 day immediately. So well, I don't that, even know what that was for. Just to give him some money. Hey, right? man, get out of here. Yeah, take a couple million bucks, <laughs> man. We know things have been hard for you. Put him on the 60. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, but you're talking, I'm talking about the key trades because Danny Duffy was hurt before they even got him. Yep. Trey Turner and Max Scherzer are going to take the place of Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw because right. I, I doubt. Although they're not saying if Clayton Kershaw will be able to come back, there won't be enough time. I mean, literally, because the minor league season is about to end. Where is he going to actually get the innings in that he needs to build up his arm strength, especially after you had an arm problem? Yeah. And it's lingering. Yeah. And Mookie's Because every time he tries to move forward in his program, it comes right back. And Mookie's hip seems like it's going to be something that lingers. So And Cody Bellinger has regressed in his career. Yes. This season so far. So with that, you know, they just plugged plugged and played with what the the spots that had been vacated. They would have a super team on paper if everybody was healthy. The Yankees actually have a super team that's on the field. <laughs> and the Giants have a great team that wouldn't necessarily be considered a super team. Because they play fundamental baseball. And they went and got pieces that were clutch. Chris Bryant is an MVP. Hit two bombs yesterday. Two nice bombs, two beautiful bombs. In and Francisco, he gives you great defense. In San Francisco with the heavy air, with the wind blowing in 13 and miles an hour. Stadium. I watched the game. I was like, this yeah. dude, he got some stuff with him. And they pitch. Yeah. And they defend. Pit, pitch and defense. That's what it's all about. You know, and give you just enough running and, you know, they got just enough pop. They didn't, you, don't, you know, honestly, if you break it down, if teams would design their more teams like that, you'll have a better game to watch. Although some of the purists, that's for the purists. But for the, the fans, they want to see the team stack like the Dodgers and like the Yankees, so that you have the potential to see the ball get hit 5,000 miles every single at-bat. But that's far and in between, and that's where you come in with launch angles and shifts and everything else. Now, they're talking about changing the, you know, trying to make rules to stop the shift and everything else, but I say that the hitter should adjust, not the not the defense. If you adjust your approach at the plate. There should be no rules whatsoever on where, if I want to put eight guys at first base. If I want to put eight guys on top of the plate. And you don't move, you don't hit the ball anywhere else that's on you yeah that means that you need to work on your game that means you need to work on go back to the lab yeah exactly so we can't have guys shifting all the way to the right side or the left side 
and then another guy as the hitter not making the adjustment and taking advantage of that as a baseball player just because you want to get over the fence. And now Do you're seeing more and more this season, I'll say. Last season in the bubble and this season you're seeing more guys hit against the shift. Well, and Otani is a great example of that because I've seen him lay down bunts. And he goes, Guys, you heard it here first years ago. We told you that Shohei Otani was the best player in the world. Yes. He's the best baseball player on planet Earth. The only reason that that had changed is because he was hurt. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's he got what a we better coach. Yeah, and he got a much better coach who understands the sense that he needs what he needs to show. Kind of like we were talking about with the boxing. Mm-hmm. He has a coach now who understands what you need to be the best version of you. And that means playing every day. Yes. That means pitching. That means hitting. That means running. That means and every playing now and then he'll throw him in the field. Yes. And I agree with him because, you know, to, to the fact of him not playing every game in the field. Because if he played every day in the field... He'll get that bad hip. Yeah, he'll get that bad. He'll get that bad something. He's, He's going to get that bad something. Because he, your arm or something, It's a this is a grind, man. Baseball is a grind. Is a grind. Especially, Especially in, this Southern, kind of in Southern California, it's yeah. really a grind. I mean, we've been rocking 110, 115 out here for several days this year. 115? Baby, you must, Orange County? You must live in a... <laughs> Dude, Orange <laughs> County? <laughs> I'm all Orange County? <laughs> no way. <laughs> so... Back to the Dodgers. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Back to Whitlock. <laughs> Shout out to LeVar Ball. That's what we need to talk about. We need a whole segment on LeVar Ball and how he was right. The genius of Ball. The genius of yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I really fear for with the Dodgers is the clubhouse atmosphere. Because this situation with the sexual assault allegations against Trevor Bauer Cast a certain shadow over the team in the sense that these got young men, mostly that are married, mm-hmm. that wives and girlfriends, wags as they're called, don't want that guy around their guy. He's toxic. He's toxic. <laughs> and that is going to be interesting to see if even this investigation and restraining order and so on and so forth goes his way, if you will. If he gets back, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like he's going to get to play anymore. It doesn't look like it looks like they're going to have to ship him out. Yeah. I mean, and where do you ship him out to? This is the problem because somebody will take him. Yeah, somebody will take him. But I think that he's the type of player that he has so much talent, but you're going to have to let him cool off for a little while. It's going to be well, hard. Well, he's going to cool off in the offseason. That's yeah. the thing. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you can just blow it over because people aren't going to let that die. And especially now with uh, the female empowerment movement and everything, you won't be able to just act like it's nothing going on anymore and just sweep it under the rug. Speaking of which, that's what I wanted to speak about is the word just came out that convicted sex offender Felipe Vasquez, as you remember. Yeah. Uh, was convicted already on 15 counts, 10 counts of sexual abuse of children, all sorts of outrageous stuff. This guy only got two to four years in prison. He just got sentenced. Wow. I don't understand. I what don't is understand. going what state on? Is that in? That's Pennsylvania. He was convicted on 15 counts, 10 counts of sexual abuse of children, two counts of unlawful contact with a minor, one count of statutory sexual assault, one count of corruption of a minor and one count of indecent assault of someone under 16 years old for the sexual assault of a 13 year old girl. Why is he getting out in like well, this less is, than 10 years? This is the flaw in our legal system, because, you know, if you have the funds for a good legal defense, there are so many loopholes in the law 
that and he, there's no moral defense that yeah, you can no, give for what he did. Yeah, well, and that's the problem too because morality a lot of times don't play into right or wrong. You know, the morality issue. It's all about wins and losses, just as if you're on the field. And this is not. This is the field of life. This is demoralizing a young little girl and everything else. The guys like that should be thrown away. I mean, I mean that he should be discarded. And not let out because where can you put him in society where he where you could feel safe around him around children? Well, he definitely needs to go for a certain for a longer period. I mean, I mean, I, I, I have a hard time. Life sentence. I, I know, and I have a hard time just letting him out. Letting him out. Any, I hear you. Any person that wants to do anything to children and women and all that kind of this this not acceptable. It's 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 preying on the weak. You know, and it's just not acceptable. There's nothing that he can say or do to justify what he's done. And nothing. there's nothing that that judge could do to justify. Two to four years. Two to four years. I just don't get it. And I, I don't And yet you read story after story about people going to prison for stealing food and stuff like that. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Anywho, that has nothing to do with the playoff race, but I, I thought that was a news and notes in Major League Baseball that I found very disturbing. Back to the playoffs, though. This is going to be interesting in the National League West because at least two of the teams are going to make the playoffs, possibly all three, meaning the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Tatis can't stay healthy, but it seems as though they finally realized down there that getting him off a shortstop is essential for him staying healthy, and it's also essential for them winning because as spectacular as this kid is, and he is spectacular. He's a special talent. He will cost you the game at shortstop. And I think that that just gave them the reason to justify the excuse, that the excuse that they needed to move him to the outfield or wherever so that, you know, even with the, the crazy plays, I would like to see how many runs he costs you. You know, he gives you two bombs every other game or something crazy, you know, whatever the stats are, but he costs you so much on defense. Because it costs you a lot. You have to be so solid up the middle, and if you're not solid up the middle and you have so you many... You will not win the World you, Series. You can't win the World Series like that. You can't win the World Series with guys taking chances... Throwing the ball around. It almost cost the Dodgers. Yeah. You can't do that. I mean. And if it wasn't for Kevin Cash, they would have lost the World Series. He didn't take Blake Snell out. Right. So, you you know, you have, to, you have to have, you have to be tight up the middle. And as spectacular as Fernando Tatis is, his defense suffers. And it, the team suffers. Yeah, and the team has to suffer. The team suffers. I, honestly, I don't understand why they're not moving Manny. Or maybe Manny spoke to them and said he's not moving back to shortstop, playing games, going, jumping back and forth. But. Manny Machado was one of the best, if not the best, shortstop in baseball. Yes. And I, and I can't believe that he lost his skill set to move to the shortstop again. Interesting. Now, if we jump to the National League East, uh, they also got an interesting race going on over there. That's a big cluster duck over there. It is because the Mets can't score and they're hurt. So I think they're just a lame duck because they didn't make enough moves. Fading fast, dude. They're fading fast. If they could stay healthy. Go long. They could they <laughs> could score some runs. If you get a healthy Lindor, a healthy Javi Baez, along with Pete Alonso and a healthy Conforto and Dom Smith, now you can start putting up some runs. But it's very difficult for them to get their entire complement of players on the field. And... The back end of the bullpen gives up too many runs. Uh, Edwin Diaz has returned to form, but George Familia is suspect. Uh, there's a lot first of guys you, that are First, you've got to get to the back of the bullpen. Yes, and, and since they don't have any starters now. Yeah, and you, you only have Pete Alonso. It's a lot to put on one person. I mean, because the dude's going to And he come, still comes through. Yeah, and the dude's going to come up every three innings. They don't have to pitch to him. Just the same thing that Trevor Story is going through. If I don't have to pitch to you, I'm not going to pitch to you. Anybody else on that team can beat me, but it won't be you. Yes, now, I admire what the Phillies and the Braves did. The Phillies actually, to me, are the best bet for that in East. I like the Phillies team. Yeah. I like when I watch the Phillies games, they're having fun. Now, let me ask you this. How much do you think that has to do with Joe Girardi? A lot. 
I have to believe it has to do a lot with Joe Girardi, you know, and, and honestly, Bryce Harper seems like he's finally eased into Philly life out there. Cause he's, he's out there. I think Joe Girardi compl- names. Uh-huh, compliments his game. I agree. Mm-hmm. He, and I think that has a lot to do with his time in New York dealing with egos and sluggers and superstars and so on and so forth. They have frontline pitching. They actually have a crazy bullpen that sometimes underperforms mm-hmm. because they still got Hector Neris, Alvarado, and uh, Archie Bradley's back in form now for them. Well, I wonder how the Mets feel getting rid of Zach Wheeler. Silly, because Zach Wheeler's dealing nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and the Braves went all out. I appreciate this. Their superstar got hurt in Ronald Acuna, and the Braves went and got everybody they could. And they're still winning. And they're still winning. The kid Austin Riley looks great. Yeah. Uh, he looks like, you know, Ozzie like Albies is Ozzie Albies is busting him up. Freddie um, Freeman, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. Danby Swanson. Duvall. I have to go with the Braves in that division. The Braves look serious. The Braves look serious. Yeah, you know, they and said that Wynoa's coming back today. Yeah, yeah, he's pitching today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they're ready to go, man. Yeah. Especially if they get Max Free to stay consistent. He's this been is the okay. biggest he's problem. Been up and down. And he's but hurt he's, my fantasy squad. Yeah, but he's consistent. He's a problem. Yes. Now, American League East. Boston is the San Francisco Giants of the American League East. They Nobody expected anything from Boston. They can't hold it. And you don't think they can hold it, Tom? You think it's a race? Let me guess. Who you think? You think it's a race? Yeah. You do think it's a race? Yeah. Uh, you know what? They beat the, the Yankees as we speak. The Yankees were beating them at this Yankees point. just won the game. Five to three. First game. First game of the seven-inning doubleheader, which is the stupidest thing besides starting the extra innings with a runner on second base. Man, play the nine-inning game. Yeah, major, major, league, league major League Softball game. Major League Softball. It's exactly what the MLS. What are you guys doing? Anywho, I think the Rays need more offense. Rays really don't, though. This is how they play. <laughs> this, yeah. this is their style. This is their type of game. They, if, they give you, if you get four or five runs from the Rays, you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, but them putting up four or five runs is rare. No, it's up- not. They average, I think, around four runs a game. And, and with the pitching that they have, they're always in the game. And that's, they're always in the game. And that's that's the problem for the Yankees and the Red Sox because you can think that they're down and out, but they went to the World Series last year. So that's a problem in itself. I'm hoping for a hot two-week surge north of the border, eh? Yeah. I want the Blue Jays to get hot, I and I want them. maple syrup to win that Eastern Division. Yeah. I, I really do. I love that Blue Jays. I do too. I love. They the got it all. Over there. They got it all. Especially, and they're not mature yet. Yes, you bring in. They're the having George, fun. Then you bring in the George Springer though. That's teaching them kids how to win. George Springer is actually doing his job. He's worth the money, even though he hasn't been on the field all year. He's doing his job. Now, then, if we bust the American League West, your favorite team, the Astros, <laughs> are looking like the best team in baseball. Who's some days, the Astros. That's the bottom line. They go. They might lose two games, maybe three, but then they go on a seven or eight game winning streak. They're really good. They're really, really good. And really so good. with all that trash banging and everything, I just literally heard, and it made me think about you, yesterday watching the game, they were talking, they were speaking to an ex-Major League ball player, and he was talking about, yeah, so when you're on second, you know, you're picking up the signs, and they were talking about how, how a bunch of the old, old-timers were great at picking up the signs and, and sending signs in and all that kind of stuff. And they just blew it off like it wasn't nothing. Not camera, I mean, but it's not, it, that's not a fair comparison to a very camera. Much, a, camera. A, a camera and a telephone. It, None of the guys that pick up signs on second base have a beeper and a two-way but, pager. But you're re- relaying the sign that's instantaneously. That's not the same. Yes. If I get the information. The technology? Whether, whether I get the, 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 the information via telephone, beeper, smoke signal, or whatever, in a second, it does not matter. I got the, I got the info. White Sox coming out of the American League. Either Toronto or the Astros. The Astros are coming out of the American League, but followed behind Toronto. Book it. White Sox coming out of the American now League. Now back to the American League. 
White Sox look great, though. White Sox look But good. you got Dallas Keiko in your, your rotation. I don't, I don't trust Let back in. I don't trust it. I don't trust Dylan Cease, and I got him on my fantasy team. <laughs> Dylan Cease. Can, He's good at home. Yeah. And Lucas, I don't trust Lucas Giolito, honestly. Yeah. You got you got um, your man Rodon, and you have your man uh, Lance Lynn. Both of which are top-tier guys. Yeah. After that, everybody's suspect. You got the decent bullpen. You got the you, know, you, got, you got a got great bullpen. bullpen now. You know you got the good bullpen. Yeah, I was about to say, they don't got a decent bullpen. Yeah, got a they got bullpen. a bad boy style bullpen. Yeah. And I watched it last night, how they did it. They went from whoever it was that was the starter. To Crochet, to Kimbrell, to, <laughs> to, 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 to Liam. To, to, to Kopech. Yeah. To Crochet. Uh, Garrett Crochet. Michael Kopech, then you had Craig Kimbrell, who gave up the booty, mm-hmm. and Liam Hendricks set it down. That's a tough, tough. You're only trying to get five out of these young guys. Right. And then you go into flamethrowers. Serious business. Smoke. There's nothing but smoke. And a bunch <laughs> of Cubans out there want some to smoke. smoke those cigars. Because you got Luis Robert, who had that bad hip, who now looks good. <laughs> yeah. That is running the fuck, boy. You got Luis Robert. You got Dariel. You got Jose Abreu, who is arguably the first base, best first baseman in baseball all around. You got Juan Monca out there. You got Eloy, but Eloy's in front of the DR. You got Eloy out there. Oh, I thought Eloy was Cuban, too. Mm, he's from DR. And you got, you got oh, maybe, a, maybe he went from Cuba to the DR. Yeah, I thought he was Cuban, but that could be wrong. Um, Cuban B. You got a lot of ball players out there, and you got Tim Anderson who plays the game and makes it fun. And these guys, it's just I'm very That's interested why they put to that see that if Tony on in the field of dreams. But oh, forget about it. I'm wondering if Tony Larusa is the guy in the modern era to get it done. Obviously, he is. He's got him. He's got him trucking. Your mean Mercedes is unavailable for comment. <laughs> what well, about that? Yeah, but that's one player, and they're winning. So we can't really complain when we're winning. We're winning. You know, a lot of guys want to complain when they're not getting hacks and everything else. But as long as the team's winning, I really have to shut up, you know, Well, and play my role. A team who seems like they're winning now are the New York Yankees because they went out and got all the offense you could find, and they have a lineup that is as stacked as any lineup as you can think of in recent history. Aztec, I mean... Honestly, who's got a better lineup than them who's almost ever? Them, huh? Except mean, for the Blue Jays, that Blue Jays team from yeah. the mid-90s. Because literally they have every every spot. Everybody can hurt you. Stacked. And not just at Yankee Stadium. No, Everybody anywhere. can hurt you. Joey Gallo hits the ball out of Yellowstone. Anywhere. Yeah. Rizzo's a great ball player. Yes. And he's a winner. Yeah. Aaron Judge is a great ball player who, even though he's a superstar, is arguably underrated as an overall and ball Colorado player. Colorado played games because they were trying to get Trevor Story. Needed Trevor Story to go and wrap it all up. And, you know, honestly, because if they got Glaber like back with this lineup now, it may not be. They they may be good to go. Yeah, but Glaber is a, a defensive liability in a lot of he ways. Is. <laughs> well, I love, yeah, I love you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> what you want to eat? I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> You're talking about straight up the middle once again, though. We need you tight up there. He's not tight up there to get that ring. Not tight. To get bling. Bling, bling. Switching gears, what is tight is Roger Federer's knee. Roger Federer has said. He did his thing. He said that he's he's going to give it one more go. He needs another surgery on his knee. And he said he recognizes that at this age, it's a tall order to potentially come back from this. And so it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with him. The Arguably the greatest tennis player of all time has dropped out of the last three or four tournaments. And he plans to miss several months. So I imagine we see him back again trying to make Wimbledon 2022 his swan song. That's my prediction. I really don't think that it's 
he should do it. It's not necessary. All you can do is bring down your legacy. You can't do anything. I don't think you can bring down your legacy as Roger. As it matters how bad you go out when you go out. I don't think you can bring it down. I tennis can. players aren't like that. Tennis players, it's not like it's not like a boxer. No, yeah, it is because when one of those young gunners go out there and give it to you, and then you have to limp off of the court. <laughs> I mean, he already did that, but that, I know, doesn't, but, that but, doesn't make him any less awesome. Yeah, but but if you go and keep doing it over and over and over, it diminishes what you've accomplished. Not to the point of where it's disastrous, but it's just a stain on your shirt. It's just like you having a, some some barbecue and then just get that on that white shirt, just get that one drop on there. I can always see that one drop. You're like, oh, medium you talking about me right now? <laughs> no. mm. Just because my armpits stink. It's COVID, all right? I don't even shower anymore. I'm one of these celebrities that doesn't take a shower. Anyways, that's all we got for you. We're coming back soon. Quick, fast, and hurry. We just wanted to give you a small taste, brother, of what we have for you this season at SoFi Stadium. Thank you guys for rocking with us and coming back. Going to leave you with a quote from one of my favorites, uh, from John Wooden. Actually, he may be my favorite when it comes to quotes. And this one is, is really great. And he says, success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you did your best to become the best you are capable of becoming. This is a tough goal for humanity, ladies and gentlemen. We got to really look out for each other and look out for your own personal mental health. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry. And this is The Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.